0: I'm Daniel Britt, and I'm on the phone with John Christopher Knight. And uh, John, you and your family travel across the country now, playing uh, playing a great blend of music. You got your start in in Macon. You uh, did you grow up in Macon?
1: That's right, Daniel. Grew yeah. up in um, in Macon, Georgia. My wife and I both. She came there when she was about in the seventh grade. and Of course, I was actually born in Africa, but my daddy was in charge of the refilling operations in North Africa at the time. And so we came back when I was about a year old and spent the rest of my years there. Until I was 27 years old, had three children and a wife before I left.
0: Gotcha. And, and you were, you were a, a, an everyday person in Macon uh, working in business. And then one day you came home uh, with an idea of selling everything and moving uh, to Kentucky to farm. Is that right?
1: Well, that's sort of right. Uh, actually, I left making with a business career. I moved to East Tennessee up in Knoxville, Tennessee. And up there, I was uh, guess I was a rep with an agency out of Atlanta for seven different electrical manufacturers. And um, pretty typical life. Actually, we had five children. Uh, I coached the children in athletics. Um, I played competitive soccer as well. I uh, was president of the Knoxville Electric League, uh, you know, five bedrooms, two-and-a-half baths, uh, two volvos in the driveway, new van, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much spent our time, you know, shuffling back and forth, taking the children to this and that. And, and uh, then we spent our spare time pretty much. We had pleasure horses. We would go riding up in the Smokies, which were close by, but pretty typical American lifestyle. And uh, until one day I got injured playing soccer. And uh, basically couldn't walk for about four months and um, came under strong conviction that I want to spend more time with my family. So basically I set my sights on any practical means that were necessary to accomplish that goal. And uh, part of it was telling my wife that we were going to live without electricity and farm with horses and try to kind of uh, uh, work in agriculture together as a family because that's one of the few things I knew that families did together.
0: And that's interesting. You were in the electrical business, uh, and I've heard it said like people who work in TV a lot of times will go home and they don't want to look at a TV. And you working with electricity all day, you go home and you want to pull the plug. And in essence, you've done that, and, and you live totally without electricity now.
1: Well, yeah, it probably is odd, but you know that didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, I had a I had a good job. I liked my boss. liked my job. liked everything about it. It's not one of those take this jobs and shove it deals mm-hmm. it was a deal that i just felt like there was more to life that i was missing um uh, i didn't there wasn't there wasn't anything about my job or the people that i worked with that uh i considered undesirable was trying to get rid of the decisions to do without electricity and my really predominant decision process was that i just looked at the places where most of our money went and um we were at 200 this is back in 1989, and we were at $250 a month on the cost averaging for our utility bill, and then with three cars and insurance. Hmm. So basically, uh, the electricity and all the things that were associated with electricity, I dumped those, and then the cars, they got dumped too. And by doing so, and I didn't have any debt, we had positioned ourselves uh, to where we already were basically debt-free. So... Uh, It was just uh, at that point in time. It took very little money for me to live, which allowed me to be home and work together as a family. Because <laughs> farmers, you heard those saying. Well, before the, they asked the farmer what he was going to do if he, he won the million dollar lottery, and mm-hmm. he said, "Well, I, I guess I'll farm until I run out of money." <laughs> so you you know it, it doesn't take a lot of money if you have your food and your, your clothes, and we make our own clothes and things like that. So that was pretty much the decision. It wasn't a matter, of, you know, a philosophical thing against electricity
0: and we're talking to John Christopher Knight and uh, that that background information that story in and of itself would be amazing but then there was a turn uh living out uh, uh i guess on the farm you um, with no television no radio uh, no electricity one of the ways you entertained yourself was together around on the back porch and to play of music right
1: well sort of uh <laughs> Everything, it seems, is such an odd deal. Uh, Actually, we spent a number of years working with an old order Mennonite community. Mm -hmm. At the point that we began to work with them, I had an old guitar that I packed away. When we changed lifestyles, I had five children. uh, We ended up having nine. The last four were born at home, and I helped with their delivery. But during that period of time that they were born and being raised, they were never exposed to any type of music or any type of musical instruments, just people singing and um and over time then when we became independent of the community and a relative visited and insisted that i dig out this old guitar uh my younger children had never really even hardly seen a musical instrument and certainly never knew that daddy used to just play one as a hobby around the house that's all i had that, had ever done mm-hmm. so then what happened at that point in time everybody then that's from what you were saying is yeah. everyone kind of fell in love with this one guitar. We work from daylight to dark, and we come in at lunch for a break, and there was about six of us waiting our turn to play with this one guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, then over time, we just begin to add instruments and um, uh, to compose songs. I'd always written songs uh, ever since I had first touched a guitar in my early 20s, other than the years we didn't have one, working with the Old Order playing group. Mm-hmm. But I had never done any composing. It was just me. So this was it was really neat. Did the first time... I really began composing different parts. The children started playing. I would pick out little parts on a banjo or a mandolin or a bass or a djembe or congos, and I would just teach them the little parts, how I would hear it. We don't have any training. And uh it kind of took on its own unique sound because the children have never been raised listening to any music, and I had been, at that point, really, we had gotten rid of our TV even before we changed lifestyle. So we had not had any musical influences for a long time. And uh, so then, that's when that happened. We began to put together and compose music as a family, and it was a real blessing to want to do things together as a family. And a man, we trained border collies for our cash money, and a man heard me playing music of all places. We're living in Kentucky, but at North Georgia, U.S. Open, they call it. And um, he heard us playing music camping out, and he offered to record us and make us a CD. Basically, I told him no, that I didn't have any interest in recording any music, and so we did and within a few weeks, really about three months after releasing our C D we were seventh on what they call the Roots Music Reports and forty four the Americana charts. It was I think one week we were two spots behind Dixie Chicks and just behind us was uh Tracy Chapman and Nickel Creek mm-hmm. and Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan wow. and uh, music legends and we had never performed anywhere for anyone publicly. Then not see same thing with seeing the end of the day show and right now in the August September issue of Mother Earth News. There's a real nice six page uh, story.
0: Yeah, and in, in this day and age, I think people go for the authentic and the real. And you were in a, uh, we were in a radio studio together w- at one point, and um, and we were doing an interview, and, and the whole family was there, and you all were playing, and it was, you know, it was live. There was nothing that we could do to touch up the music, uh, but it didn't need to be. It was authentic and real, and I think the people really appreciate that in this day and age where. We're lip syncing and with overproduced uh, records um, seem to be so prevalent. Uh, it's refreshing to hear a sound like yours. And uh, no formal training musically?
1: No, that's right. No one has any. Well, now we do have one member in the band that's not family, a little girl that's uh, just turned 15. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a lot of training. She's been training since about four years old, but uh-huh. she's just been with us a year now. Um, and no one else has any training. Joel, our 14 year old, plays six instruments in the show. Madison, the 20 year old, plays about four. I'll play about four. Everybody, we just swap instruments. kind of like musical instruments. We mm-hmm. just pass them around during the show. And I could mention, if it's all right, that yeah. um, anybody that visits our webpage from where we're on the Today Show, we have a link where it says to be notified of night family performances, click here. Anybody that signs up on that list, they, you basically just leave your city, state, and email. And that list right now, we have every state in America and a lot of entries from Canada where people have seen us on national things. And uh, when we tour a region, we send out an email. Well, anybody that signs up, what we do is we can send a link to where the NPR story, and you mentioned live and undoctored, uh, the NPR story, they asked us to come into the studio, and we did two live cuts, and they used this music. Uh, in the background and one of the songs they play most of the song at the end and it's just recorded just as is in mm-hmm. their studio in nashville it's a really top-notch npr place it's a great studio and so anybody that signs up we send them that link a link to the uh a newspaper story in kentucky and then whatever happens to be current like right now we'll also send information about that august september mother of news story sure um but yeah it is you're right it, it's I think the one, the pill that is bridging the age barrier and genre barrier. We have, it's hard to believe, we have a lot of hard rock people that love our music, bluegrass people, country people, uh, blues. Uh, I think it's, I think you dry. I think it's the authenticity. It's real. There's no training. And so the music's kind of odd in its composition. And it's just, you can tell that it's us singing what's happened in our life.
0: What's the website address?
1: Well, it's my name, all lowercase, one word, um, johnchristophernight.com, and that's uh, Christopher with a C-H and Knight with a K. Or if anybody types John Christopher Knight into the search engines, they'll end up in our webpage for sure.
0: Gotcha, johnchristophernight.com. Right. And uh, is, your, is your wife on stage as well?
1: No, well, we do. we only have the wife come up to kind of say hello and goodbye. Okay. uh she says her part is bearing the children <laughs> she's given me nine wonderful children um uh, she doesn't she she's kind of shy about stage okay, she okay. is a pretty good percussionist but she won't come on stage but uh six of my nine children the two older are married our older son teaches a uh, uh, math he teaches at a co- associate professor in math at a college in east tennessee and the hmm. second boy's a junior in college and um uh, the six of them travel and play with us and at one point there's eight of us on stage count Maggie, our fiddle player so gotcha. but usually it's about five of us about every song but it, it bounces from five to six
0: hey we'll look forward to the program thanks for taking time out of your uh, your travel schedule for uh, to join us uh, on the road and we'll and look we forward appreciate to the, it. we'll look forward to the making concert
1: okay well we're looking forward to it and I hope we see you there